0: I guess the question I'm sure you've been asked countless times, in fact, you've probably asked yourself countless times, is what happened between seasons that may have stopped you from matching and and surpassing that that year? So the Kurt Tippett saga clearly didn't help. Your best forward suddenly requests a trade. The club then subsequently to that is fine and stripped of its first two draft picks, given the player was obviously offered money outside the cap. And then uh, Taylor Walker ends up doing his knee early the next season as well. Um, So you've lost suddenly your two... Best forwards, Tippett and Tex, and then one of your right-hand men in Dean Bailey gets suspended, of course, from the Melbourne team. So you're a second-year coach. I think you're still in your 30s at this point. The world's caving in. It must have been an enormously challenging time for you because everything was going wrong. Yeah and there's no handbook
1: or textbook that you just go to and look up you know chapter 4 what yeah. happens when when your best two forwards get taken out uh, what happens when your senior assistant gets suspended by the AFL so yeah we had we had a lot of drama at the club and you know look, looking back I have learned so many things from my time there and one of them was I tried to just do it all myself I tried to just I didn't delegate I didn't you know hand people responsibilities and help you know ask for help I just tried to make everyone you know we we tried to stay positive and obviously we lost you know, Taylor Walker was a 60 goals per season forward. Kurt Tippett was a 50 goals per season forward. So we lose 110 goals yep. out of our forward line, unfortunately. So yeah, that was we were sort of playing catch up a little bit that season. We only just missed the finals. We still won 10 games. Yeah, we just missed the finals by a couple of games, I think, or maybe one game. But um, yeah, we still won 10 games. We we had a had a, had a good young side, as I said. We st- we tried to remain positive, but now looking back on reflection, I I didn't handle it that well. I was probably wasn't as good a coach as what I could have been, and as you said, I was I think I was 39 years old. And probably still quite wet behind the ears when it, when you're looking at um, coaching experience. So
0: you say all that though, and yet you got a contract extension in that
1: year. Well, I guess it was the the, the the management at the time had great belief in what I in in my plan and my strategic plan and where I thought the club could go. But then, yeah, things got even worse. I guess the the next year the CEO left, who was probably one of my biggest supporters. Um, unfortunately, Dean Bailey passed away, which was just heartbreaking. And still to this day, I, I think about Dean a lot. It was just tragic what happened with him with the, with obviously losing his fight with cancer which was really short. So then yeah, we, the next season, which ended up being my final season, was just, yeah, because obviously Dean, De- Dean passed right at the start of the season. So we went into the year without mm. his presence and a lot of trauma, I guess, at the start of the season for, for me, but also the group. Yeah, we um, once again, I think we we won 10 or 11 games, but um, yeah, we just couldn't quite get back to where those sort of high standards that we'd that we'd set back in 2012.
0: Yeah, well, you lost your first three, but you dug in. So you finished 11 and 11, certainly no disaster. In fact, you belted St Kilda in the last game by 10th. Temp- 11, 12 goals. And then you're sacked. And you're sacked with two years to run on your contract. So it shocked the footy world enormously. We talked about the shock of being traded without warning. I mean, that would pale into significance with what happened here, I would have.
1: Yeah, it was a a really um, weird, strange time because I not that you feel like you're you're comfortable in your role, but yeah, because because I had a three-year contract, I had that year, which was really tough. And then the search was for a new senior assistant for so someone with some great football experience, really good footy brain, to come and be my sort of right-hand man to sort of help sort of shoulder the load a little bit in but, the absence of Dean.
0: And Mark shooter was running, so he'd just come in, had he not? Rue just came in as the
1: new footy director, so a bit of change in management. Yep. So the CEO had left, they were looking for a new CEO, they changed around a few people on the board, um, and one of the key appointments was was Rue came in as, um, as the director of footy. So he was searching for you know, more football staff, someone that could sort of coaches that could complement the program. Phil Walsh had never wanted to be a senior coach, but in the industry was valued as as one of the great footy minds. And obviously Rue interviewed him about coming to work for us with us. But ultimately um, the decision was made that he would come in and be the new senior coach. Even though I had two years to go on my contract, I was I was let go. So it was it was a it was a big shock. And it's something that I just obviously didn't see coming, but um but had to cop it on the chin and move on. And that's I guess that's the thing. And I was thinking about it, I was still thinking about A lot, unfortunately. But I was thinking the other day, when 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 that happens, I think I think when when Rutten lost his job and then Ratten, you just, you just think like those those men, those coaches, you don't get a chance to sort of get in front of the group again and say, "All right, boys, um, thanks for your time. It's been mm. great working with you. you." You sort of just grab your stuff out of your office and you go. Like it's it's really cold. I had the conversation with the chairman, uh, Rob Chapman, who was really good. He said, "You know, um, unfortunately, this is what's happened, and we're going to let you go." So so you said you
0: had to take it on the chin, but but did you? I mean, human instinct would so you'd, you'd rebel against it or you'd have something to say or were you just no, stunted into assault?
1: No, yeah, the next – well, obviously then a, a media release goes out and then the next day I come back in and do a press conference – so then um, the media get to ask. I think there's a statement from the club, and then I, I get asked a bunch of questions. But and you know the, the best advice you get is to have a handle yourself well and say you know I well, thank the club and I'm looking forward for my next opportunity. But yeah, you can't go in there with a loaded shotgun and start firing bullets at everyone. Not, not as much as you want to feel
0: that, but not in your long term best interest. But then again, not every coach takes up that opportunity to do a press conference either. No,
1: nah, so. that's right, that's right. Yeah, but I, I feel good that I did it. I, apart from one or two, I, I probably get on pretty well with most with most of the of the media in Adelaide, and there was there was some there was some interstate media there as well, and you just you say goodbye to those people. You know, it's been fun working with you. You do two press conferences a week, post game and a pre-game, and um, you know you form some good sort of friendships and relationships there. And and then I just went in and pretty much oh, I went home. And then you just, the, the realization hits, you know, and I had had one child then, I've got three now, but uh, you just I locked myself in my house for pretty much a week. <laughs> didn't talk to anyone, didn't answer my phone. A lot of people came to try and support me, which I said, no, nah, I'm fine. Don't worry about it. Just leave me alone. Probably the wrong thing to do as well. And then I lived with that sort of embarrassment and shame and guilt, obviously, for, for a long time, really. Now, probably even now, I still say to my wife, when I fly into Adelaide, when, I, when you land into Adelaide, which is my hometown, but when I, when I get out of the airport there, I still feel a bit a little bit of anxiety. I don't know what it is. It's an uncomfortable feeling. I just—it's probably because it's—it's it's past trauma. It's a moment in my life which I don't want to relive again. I've probably buried so deep. Whenever I'm in Adelaide, and like I said, it's my hometown. All my family still live there. I, I just feel that little bit of anxiety, that little bit of unease when I'm when I'm back home.
0: But the toll that it takes and the price you guys pay. I mean, do you did you speak to anyone about it? Did you? Did you look to do that, or you? No, nah, you... I regret.
1: I regret not doing that, Sam. To be honest, and I um, I now I, I sort of dabble in that space, but I do a little mm. bit of consulting, and um, I speak to a lot of you know athletes, coaches, businessmen, and women who have been through similar things in the on the on similar moments on their journey. Because I've lived it, I know what they're going through, so I can be sympathetic and, and show empathy and potentially work a bit of a process to help get out of it. So and that's, and that, that that's been going really well. Because yeah. I, mean, I mean we've all been through moments of disappointment. And unfortunately with coaching it's very public. I know a lot of the listeners would have been through times in their lives when they um just feel like there's just nowhere to go and nowhere to turn sure. and no one to talk to and there's an embarrassment and shame of asking for help. And it's instinct to probably shut yourself off as well. And men wear the worst. Men wear the worst. If someone says You're going. Your first response is, "Yeah, I'm going good. Yeah, I'm good. Thanks." where in actual fact, you want to say, "Actually, I'm struggling, and I'd love to talk to
0: someone, but I haven't got the courage to do it." Yeah, we're getting better in that area, though, aren't we? But it's interesting because I think the price you guys pay, and girls, and anyone coaching in that public forum, is um, takes an enormous toll. Yeah, there's
1: there's actually a really good book called "The Courage to Be Disliked." I think it's called because that's what coaching is. And you think I'm going to love it, I'm going to be all these people are going to. I'm going to teach them how to play footy well, and we're going to win a premiership and all that. But it's mostly your athletes who don't don't like you because you're giving him feedback number one and you have to if, if, if you want to get better but quite often you're leaving him out of a side or you're dropping him for a grand final or you're trading them. so yeah it's an industry it's a it's a profession coaching is a profession where you quite often not like by a lot of people